This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to Nerds from the Underground. Once again, this is me, Poet Air, and I'm joined now again with... Chaz! Also known as Chaz Simon. And we got two of the biggest books to talk about tonight. I am pumped. I've been pumped all night to talk about these books. And they are Panorama by Michelle Fife and Cloven by Garth Stein and Matthew Southworth. But before we get into the books we talked about this week, and we're also going to address something that happened this week, which was out of the blue. No one knew it was coming. And that is the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman. Our heart goes out to Chadwick's family. I was blown away when I heard about this. I had no idea he was sick, and it's really kind of a loss to the Marvel Universe. I think he was maybe one of the most charismatic actors in those Marvel movies, and I don't know what they're going to do without him. Chaz, do you have any words to say about Chadwick? I could not believe the news as the alert broke on my phone uh, that night. I was pretty upset and i do think that it's a, a great loss to marvel but an even bigger loss to the community at large who saw a lot of representation uh in him and through him in that in that world so rest in power and he could have done so much more like i picture him in other comic roles or other movies like it's just one of those losses where it's sad i mean there was rumors that he was sick a few months ago because there was pictures of him out online but it's crazy. And he had it for four or five years. So that means he knew it. Marvel must have known unless he kept it from them. I can't imagine. Like the way that that universe is structured and their dietary and everything else. Like I give it to Kevin it. Feige that knowing he was that sick and they let him have that yeah, role. That speaks speaks volumes to his talent. I applaud Marvel for doing that. Speak, yeah, to know someone's not going to be around forever, but give him the role of a lifetime. But let's do our normal check-in. I'm going to let you go first. What did you read this week, Chad? and what did you love? So this week, uh, I think my favorite single issue went to X-Men number 11. It was a incredible, just Magneto showcase of him truly just whooping butt on every single panel and showing why he's the master of magnetism and somebody you don't want to have against you. And then I also have been rereading Mark Russell's Flintstones run, so I picked up the two volumes of his Wonder Twins run, uh, and I'm going to dive into that probably after after we record this. I, I love that, like, real humorous, but biting social satire with characters that you wouldn't imagine them coming from. His Flintstones and Snagglepuss are oh. incredible. Yeah. And I just cut myself from more Marvel books except Daredevil because I couldn't commit. I mean, I have a baby on the way. I can't. No, it makes sense. There's like 22 X titles. That's insane. And then as soon as I do, my favorite character has an awesome standalone issue that Hickman writes. Yep. Don't worry. I'll let you borrow it. Yeah, you let me borrow it. I can read it. So my picks for the week, my single favorite issue is not going to be that surprising. It's going to be Bliss by Sean Lewis builds more of this world and kind of this desperate father in this almost Lovecraftian world working for these ancient gods just so he can keep his son alive and his son defending him in court. And it just has a lot to say about the digital system and also about how drugs run America and the world. And my other books I really love reading this week is Grit from Scout Comics. It's really that kind of monster fighting book I want. It's almost silent. You barely know anything about 
hero, the lead character. And a lot of it's him just ravaging through these monsters. And, and it's awesome. I went through the first two issues, which were graciously given to us being on their press now. And I'm hooked onto that book. It's great. If you haven't read Grit, read Grit. And last shout out to Hellblazer. Hellblazer was once again amazing with a funnier, lighter issue. And it's making fun of what's going on currently with Prince Andrew. And it's touching on real life atrocities, but also doing it in the hell dark tongue-in-cheek kind of way it's a great book i'm really gonna miss it when it's gone save hellblazer we got that tom taylor one coming up though keep your fingers crossed that it's gonna be as good as what tom taylor's been kicking out lately i have no doubts but i have no doubts either but yeah I mean, that's a three issue i could have read size Spurrier and team on this hellblazer run for five years so it saddens me i wish it sold more save hellblazer <laughs> all right so Let's dive into some body horror weird books that are fantastic. Let's dive into some body horror, some romance. We're getting into Cloven, written by Garstein and drawn and colored and inked by Matthew Southworth. Cloven Book 1 stars James Tucker, the most successful genetically modified human organism ever created. Conceived in a privately financed top-secret laboratory on Washington State's Vashon Island. Tucker is a cross between a human and a goat, Cloven. Known to his friends as Tuck, all he wants to live is a normal life as a university student. Everything is going fine until he shows a girl his hooves. Moody, mysterious, and atmospheric as a fever dream, the Cloven Book One follows Tuck's breakneck journey across the Pacific Northwest as he searches for a place to belong. I love this book for so many reasons, mostly because of all the different ways it deals with growing up, finding a place to belong. The art in this is absolutely incredible about Matthew Southworth. The scenes that happen when the romping, quote, romping, we'll get into what the romping means, are just, they're spellbinding. I want to get them printed and put it on my wall. This book just moved me in an emotional way of me being a teenager and going to university age and really trying to find in the group of friends I've been with, who I click with. And, you know, you got to find those batch of weirdos because I'm a weirdo and I know it. And it's hard to find your weirdos. And when you do, you feel so free. And I actually found a bunch of weirdos that do stuff during the full moon, which is a part of this book. And to get into the main story is the story shifts through time. So we start the book kind of in the middle. And then we shift to the very beginning. And then we go back to the middle. And then we go back to the beginning of the story can be kind of a confusing timeline. It's really just about Tuck's escape into his own world, meeting a group of people that he can get along with and are like him, and finding other cloven. And it's going to be, I think, on my top of the years. It really took me on an emotional journey. Before I get more into plot details, Chaz, what did you think of the book? So I'm very guilty. I picked this one up. I sort of blind ordered it in previews. I do that a lot with Fanographics books. They've got a really great track record of putting out some incredible stuff. So I ordered this one because the cover was pretty captivating and the genetically modified uh, human organism idea of a goat boy, uh, in essence, sort of made me think of that old Jim Brewer Saturday Night Live character. And I thought, well, if this is a mature take on that idea, that could be kind of interesting. And it turned out to be so much better than and anything that I had thought it would be humorously like that so i was really glad that i took it's the chance it's not goofy no, at all and the the art like you're saying is incredibly striking and i think the coloring especially lends itself to the the richness of the story the tones of it are very across the board interesting there's a lot of like really 
punctuated colors against these deep blacks uh, that add this otherworldly element to these otherworldly characters. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it all. And uh, I think like you were describing, the timeline of the book is interesting. This is actually the, the first part of a planned trilogy. So them sort of bookending it with this one story and revealing a bit more in the middle of his life and these other escapes and the way that not only do we seek out groups that we can bond with where we search for our niche, but sort of these groups have a way of drawing us into themselves as well. Like the the other cloven that he meets eventually in the story seem to find a way of interacting and sniffing each other out if you will so i really like this one as well i was i was super glad that i <laughs> i blind blind bought it so well and in the, in the way he does it originally is almost he has a friend from school that you know finally gets him to take off his braces that hide his legs and to get into the backstory there's a secret company making a bunch of genetically modified human hybrids called clovens they're basically goats made with humans, you know, genetically altered to be half half goat. It's interesting, too. I like that it was the goat that they went with. In this, they, they choose them because they make better soldiers. They're, they're faster, they're stronger-headed, or they should be, and they have some sort of interesting digestive system that, if cartoons taught me anything in this book reinforced, meant that they could eat tin cans or whatever garbage came their way. So it made me think of, like, do you remember the turn of the century when we were, like, Raelians were big and they were going to, like, clone humans with aliens that, like, aliens gave them the technology, we're finally going to clone a human, and then all of a sudden everything disappeared about that? This felt like a natural extension of that turn-of-the-century weirdness. Do you remember in Jurassic Park? The bad ones where they were going to have raptors? I do. Goat human, much better. Much better, yeah. Colin Trevorrow, please don't direct the film adaptation of Cloven. No, not not this one, though. Stay away from this one. <laughs> Everyone watch Book of Henry. Yeah, that's a weird one, huh? Well, and it's a weird way they set it up. So they set it up where he's basically, he's entrapped and he needs to escape. And that's because his mother found out, he found out they're Cloven. And then he escapes and he finds a homeless camp where all sorts of debauchery is going on. He doesn't know other cloven are around there. And then he ends up getting into a fight. He realizes many of these other homeless people in this encampment are cloven also, which we then do our first flashback to the Dr. James, who was the first project lead on it. And he's a very religious doctor. And many of the first cloven tests died. Tuck, our lead, is the first one that survives. And for many years, James raises him almost as his own child with his wife because they couldn't have children. And then the lead scientist and his daughter get attached to Tuck and they have a woman, a female doctor pretend to be his mother. And that little girl that is friends with as a child comes back in the beginning, even though you learn about it later because like the timeline is very confusing. And then we cut to him at school where he goes on this hike with his friend. He reveals his hooves to, and then he finds that these other cloven, that they're either cloven like in, that they go on this thing called the romping. You have to have permission to go. And it's this Friday, it's always on the Friday near the full moon. And this is where Matthew Southworth's art, who's also from Stumptown, really just shines with purples, reds, blacks, greens, and it's all these cloven just running free and naked. They're basically doing parkour through city landscapes. They're dancing around in the night through canyons. And it creates these images that just completely touched me and really got me into just being that person being that weirdo and that feeling when you find your own group of weirdos how free it is because we did dance in the night under the full moon and being able to be yourself around other people 
is so important in growing up and being a human being. And that's really why this book hit me so much because we've all been there. I'm sure you've been there, Chaz, finding you know the group you fit in with. No, I definitely agree. I felt the joy come through the pages of the romp. Like I, I felt that same release that he finally felt in being free in a way that, like you just said, when you find your clan, kind of, when you find your group. When you don't have to hide, right. when you don't have to be around, you know, those group of kids in school. You don't and... have to wear the mask of trying to pretend what somebody else likes and that kind of thing. But on the flip of that, right after the romping, when he goes back home to his government-sponsored mother, she sees that he's been running around, that he's got the paint on his face, that he's been out like that. And, well, her reaction, which might be because of the government. No, but that's the time flip. When he goes to the... See, this is why confusing timeline. See, he hears about the first romping. Yeah, see, I was thinking that it was afterwards, and that was... And then his mom finds out, and that's why he's trapped in that cell in the beginning. And then the homeless happens to be where the clothes right that part i got i was thinking of the scene where the mom basically is shaming him that he's got to take off the oh when she's yeah, yeah when she's he comes home down. from that romping yeah. that that same feeling of release and the joy that i felt as he was able to run through the streets and be wild like that that same uh, shame is the best word for it but that same sort of like embarrassment that she puts him through immediately to keep him away from it see many yeah. multitudes too with that of, of like someone coming out to their parents and getting shamed you know or anyone just being themselves and then their parents completely shaming them for it like so many deep emotional edges that it gets into and it's fantastic and fanographic fire right now if you don't know about them they release a certain batch of books every month I just got the Rough Pearl, which just came out, I think, the last two weeks. I haven't read it yet. I'm excited to read about it. Maybe future book. If you don't know about Fantagraphics, go on Fantagraphics.com. All of their books are amazing. They're all independent works. And you pretty much, no matter what book you pick, you're going to get something great. And you're going to get something different than something else you're reading. I agree. They definitely belong on everybody's radar, I think. After after this long in the business and this this quality of output, nobody should be sleeping on fanographics anymore. But yeah, if you're looking for a, a solid story about belonging and finding your place, whether you have hooves or not, this one will speak volumes to you. And if you like Seattle, you will see plenty of fun Seattle landmarks in the background, peppering it all out. And the scenes of the woods are, are gorgeous. And I also think one of the, the bigger themes that it touches on, too, is um, how important love is just to survival. The fact that the other ge genetically modified human organisms that didn't survive prior to Tuck are because, in the doctor's words, they didn't have that same love and contact. Tuck survives because the doctor picks him up and holds him and tells him he's loved and that he's here, like in the world, that he's there for him. And then the other experiments that end up surviving after Tuck also have a similar experience with that same doctor, which leads him in turn to try to rescue them when they're all about to be put out to pasture. So I think love is very much a key element of this book too and how important it is to our own survival whether we are genetically modified or not exactly and how you no matter a child you create you know like i'm doing right now or a child you create in a lab that love from father to child and another great scene in it is when they do connect at the end which is almost sad tuck doesn't remember him yeah which is especially fitting for goats his kids. son yeah <laughs> so so yeah my final thoughts is if you're looking for something that's absolutely gorgeous art it's very emotional, and if you're, you know, a teenager or about to go to college, in that age from 16 to 20, this book is going to speak volumes to you. I can't recommend it enough. I'm in my mid-30s, and it spoke the same volumes to how I felt back when I was 16 or 17. It's a great book. Check it out. You can order it from your local comic book shop, 
And if for some reason you're not near an LCS, you can always go to fanographics.com. And let's move on to our next book, who is from one of my favorite creators of all time. And I think maybe I almost call him the psychedelic Kirby, like uh, progenitor. He is he is like Jack Kirby on more acid because I Jack Kirby took acid. But what we're talking about is Panorama. From the archives of copper creator Michelle Fife comes a body horror romance of epic proportions. Panorama follows the adventures of teenage couple Kim and Augustus as they navigate their way through a shared, unwanted ability they can't control. Panorama blends chiaroscuro with a kinetic line that perfectly captures runaways trying to find love, find identity, and survive a metamorphosis unlike anything ever seen before. And also, I'm going to read something from Michel Fife on his site because Panorama was just released now, but it's actually the first thing he ever drew and created on his own. And so I'm going to read this before we talk about his great book. Once upon a time, I wrote and drew a comic, page by page. It took me forever, but I paced myself, organically building the lives of these characters while having a space to work off my influence. Dicko, Jami, Maru, Uncle Walt, the fun stuff to draw and hanging on the core story of my identity and my anxiety. The result was over 100 pages full of body horror, sex, and violence. What's not to love? Panorama is the name of this book. So I'm going to let you go this time. With some initial thoughts. Oh man, so this one was wild. That bit that you just said about him experiencing or summing up sort of his anxieties and things like that and expressing it through this book, I could definitely see because there is a lot at play here that felt like a, a slew of mental disorders and codependency almost. Like this felt like a perfect metaphor, a really gross, crazy body horror metaphor for uh, anxiety attacks, bipolar disorder, um, codependency, I think, in relationships, all sorts of stuff. I got, I got all sorts of feelings while I was reading this. You know it's a good book that in the second page their lead character shit on the street. Yeah. On somebody's and that's uh, how introduced somebody's house, sir. <laughs> right? right? On someone's house yeah. to Augustus <laughs> who is two lead characters on Kim and Augustus. I have a really bad problem with anxiety. I have overwhelming panic attacks. I feel like I'm going to die. And that's why this book really touched me and obviously Fife had anxiety issues all but so the main core of the story is Augustus has an ability that when he gets anxious, his body begins to morph like Cronenberg. His skin stretches and anything he touches, it basically mutates. So if he hits someone with his flesh and cuts off their tongue, that tongue then becomes a part of Augustus also. These fits happen whenever he's having an anxiety attack. And he's basically on the run, trying to head to Copper City of all places. And he's run away from his girlfriend and his aunt who has raised him. And it, what first happens is, as being a young kid faced in anxiety, he runs into a woman named Valencia who tries to use him as a freak show and takes him to a very creepy guy to basically, that likes young boys, to use him yeah. for his skin ability. And that's when we see when Mr. Kid, not only because his anxiety build the power, but his anger can too. And that's the first time we see him absorb someone and he absorbs them by absorbing their memories and putting them inside his body and it's one of the most beautiful pieces of art i've seen fife do where it's just her head splitting with augustus's and then with all their thoughts running in together and it's this beautiful spread of black and white and it's just it's an image i stared at for at least 10 minutes when i first read panorama and long story short 
Kim, our second lead, comes back into the story to find her boyfriend, Augustus. And at that point, they begin to have sex. And when he's going down on Kim, he goes inside of her and goes literally inside her vagina. No pun intended. Like Closer than ever. It's full on head. And then from that point, the story switches to Kim, who is now really Kim with Augustus in her head. And that really got the codependent vibes. And when a couple is codependent and having to live together, and now they both need to survive on their own needs yeah. of just how a relationship works or touch through with that when they form and become one. And what's funny is she then becomes working at a punk rock show where she runs into shady people and actually runs into Valencia again too. And this book is very punk rock. The punk rock shows and punk rock settings. And Kim's definitely a punk rock character. And I also love the little touch that he, Augustus wears Rax's shirt from Copra. Yeah. Which that's just an image that Michelle Fife loves, which is also the Novacore design. Wow, it was it was pretty cool. I, I really also liked that this was all in black and white. And it might have been out of necessity, as you were saying, this was his very first work, even though it's his most recent published. But I think if he had colored it, it might have taken away from the elements that it sort of is masking in a way like the the morphing and the falling apart like i said really feels more like a like a representation of his mental disorder especially in ways that like just just really speak to the way that it feels and then that feeling again of codependency coming in after they've literally fused together and he's living inside kim's body while she's at work there's a weird like sense of them fighting over things that couples would fight about whether or not she says that she's in a relationship at the time to one person she says no are you seeing somebody no i'm not and then augustus oh so we're not seeing each other anymore because i live inside you kind of vibe it's the same sort of fights that any couple that is way too close to each other has had over the smallest dumbest things in those moments of lowness that he feels just those moments of jealousy right, over nothing amplified by his own feelings of those doubt and self-worth or whatever that are reflected in his falling apart under this pressure. But there are also times where he is incredibly angry, almost, and, and big. And when he becomes angry, he becomes a full monster, and then he becomes huge. So it really goes from, I think, and I because anxiety can switch like that. It can go from being anxious, because I definitely would consider myself anxious and manic depressive, and you can, you can go from the anxiety, feeling like you want to die, to this, these explosions of anger. Right. This is a really good display of bipolar disorder. Well, and him using body horror, Cronenberg-esque body horror, or Stuart Gordon-esque body horror to kind of deal with the disorder like bipolar disorder. And it's done so smartly and so well. There's panels that, there's multiple pages and panels that don't have any words. And it's just this beautiful art of either his fears and anxieties being expressed through his body, dysmorphing and stretching, or them being angry and just becoming a monster like we all do when we explode out of nowhere, usually over something small. I think, too, that the panel that you're talking about with Valencia, where she is finally absorbed, her mind is like taken almost by Augustus and his power, was only rivaled by the birthing sequence near the end. Like The way that that happened was like insane. I had to just stare Those at Those are the two that are really insane. And I almost don't want to reveal more about everything else that happens in it because I love Michelle Fife and this is a journey you have to experience it and once again just like with Cloven not only is it body horror I think it's a great book for a young teenager to read 
It is graphic. It's violent. There's lots of sex and death. But it really deals with that a young person dealing with either bipolar disorder, being manic depressive, or having severe anxiety. Because a lot of times in the way Augustus talks about it, I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I'm dying. I know I'm not dying. Think, think calm thoughts. That's what I've had to say to myself while I'm having a panic attack. And especially for someone young going through that. I think that would help them out a lot. I think so too. It was it was definitely a, a very interesting read and I think a nice change of pace from some of his copper work and some of his bigger superhero-y stuff. It was nice to see something a bit more... Uh, uh, the, those ones are emotional too, but this one is definitely about that inner world that we build for ourselves and what we project out to others. So that, that I think was pretty interesting. Me too, about what, what we were dealing with inside actually projected that way all the time because man, I'd be having issues all the time. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's, especially when I'm working at my job and stressed out, I'd be turning into a monster all the time. It's that what if every inner desire, inner fear, inner anger just burst through your body and made you a monster? Just bubbled right out. Just came right out of you. And if you're not familiar with Michelle Fife, he's an amazing creator. He does all of his own art and all of his own writing. He's done a book called Zegus, which I love, which is a weird, it's basically a story about a brother and sister, but it's in the weirdest town ever and with some of the weirdest situations of all time. But it's also just a brother and sister tale. I gotta recommend Zegus also and all of Copper, which is Copper is like a mix of all superhero tales together, but done in such a great way and with so many great characters. If you haven't heard of Michelle Fife, definitely check out all of his books. He's now doing books for Image and Dark Horse. He was originally all self-financed, but now you can get him on Image, all the Copra books. Zegus is a Fanographics book we were just talking about, and Panorama was released by Dark Horse. You could also go on his website, which is great, which is michellefife.com. I highly recommend checking it out. My final thoughts on this book is it's another great book for someone that's young or anyone of an age to really get out those feelings you have of anxiety, anger, relationship issues, and things like that. Yeah, if you're looking for a really sweet, really gnarly black and white adventure, a truly visceral experience, uh, check this one out. And there is also a quote that I really enjoyed from this book by a character named Dr. Lee. It was, we must all do something, anything, or else we're carrying around a dead body all of our lives. So get out there, create, no matter what sort of pain or whatever sort of process it puts you through. I think all these emotions, whether they're positive or negative, can ultimately lead to something a bit more redeeming or at least inspiring and introspective. So that's that's my last final thoughts on that. I gotta agree. And I think Michelle Fife is the greatest thing of creation, doing it all himself. Like, I love to write, but he really inspires me to even learn how to draw and just do it all by hand or get out there and whatever your dream or passion is, do it. You know, it's about defeating those anxieties and fears and just creating your landmark or trademark for you, for your life, who you'll be known as is. And if not, bodies, as Chaz just said, Panorama is fantastic. So is Cloven. I think both these books might be on my end of the year list. It was really great talking about them. And hopefully books and when you listen to the, this go out and get them i know joe fat cat one of our listeners said both of these sounded like a book hope you read these books and love them joe and as always we are a proud member of the nerdy legion podcast you can find me on twitter at poet air 33 and you are my name is Chaz, and you can find me on twitter as well at 
Chaz Simons. One day I'll be famous enough for it, I swear. Once again, be good to each other, be well, treat each other well, and the world will be Wash your hands and the world will be Chadwick Boseman. Yes, indeed. Rest Have in power. Good night, nerds.